Welcome to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Wong, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. This is a place where you'll be guided to living your most aligned life so that your truest, most radiant self can emerge. We'll be jamming on topics ranging from spirituality, entrepreneurship, to wellness and lifestyle design, and everything in between that can support you to grow, evolve, and shine, all the while not taking ourselves too seriously. So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to this week's episode of the Sacred Emergence Podcast. It's Michelle Wong here, and today I am so excited to introduce to you a dear friend of mine, Michelle Stevens. Uh, Her and I jammed on art, painting, and uh, how it can be used as a healing modality, as a form of self-care, and it was just a really awesome conversation. So I trust that you will enjoy this episode and a little bit about Michelle. So Michelle believes that we are born to create and that creativity serves a vital role in our overall health and wellness. She is passionate about sharing the ways in which painting can be used as a form of self-care. So I trust that you will enjoy this episode, and if it resonates with you, please share it. And if you have not already, please subscribe to this podcast. Episodes land every Tuesdays, and yeah. All right, without further ado. Amazing. Hello, Michelle. Welcome to the Sacred Emergence podcast. I'm so excited you're here. Uh, To our listeners, Michelle and I go way back on Camp Soldat. So for any of you who have been listening way back in, what, 2019, when I first started the podcast, like most of the people I was interviewing as guests, they're all from Camp Soldat. (laughs) And so I'm so excited you're here, Michelle. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And I just can't wait to dive into this conversation. Yeah. So we're going to talk about artwork, painting as a healing um, modality and using it as self-care. So I just like your, I follow you on Instagram, obviously, and like just your artwork, your painting, the way that you encourage um, people through your artwork It's just been phenomenal. And I've attended like a mini workshop with you once uh, when we're doing the mandalas, the men, is that mandalas? (laughs) Yeah. And like, just the process was super, super fun. And I'm just so excited to have you on because you've decked out your home to have like this beautiful art studio, which is where you are now as we're speaking. Um, And it's just been really fun seeing your own journey as well. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I remember that session that you attended with me. Um, and thank you so much for being my guinea pig. Oh my God. It was so fun. That was very early on in the, in the process. And it really helped me kind of, you know, hone in on, on the things that I wanted to teach and, um, how I wanted to present this subject to, to people as a, as a healing tool. And so, like you mentioned, you know, I teach workshops, um, periodically and I, I like to teach, people, it's usually women, but I like to teach people through the painting process, how to reconnect with themselves and how to create space in their life for more of what they desire. Um, and I found the mandala works really well for that. We, we do paint, but the process is so much more about finding ways to express gratitude, um, connecting with more of what it is that you love in your life 
finding ways to set intention through the painting process. Um, and then the end result is, you know, a beautiful, funky little mandala that you can hang in your house and remind you of all the things that we that you discovered about yourself along the way. Um, and so, yeah, that, that workshop has been such a great eye-opener for me. Um, and I hope for the people that I've taught to, but just witnessing the transformation that can happen from a single painting session is pretty amazing. Um, I started painting some time ago in 2016 um, as a way of just working through like a hard time in my life. And I had no idea the transformation that it would have um, you know, on my life. And what I found over the years is that it, the process of painting is so much more than just putting paint on a surface. It really teaches us, teaches us um, who we are, what we like, what we don't like. It helps us discern um, where we wanna go and how we wanna show up in the world. And um, I just really enjoyed the process. I still consider myself somewhat of a beginner painter. Um, and so when I say I teach art, I'm not teaching like, you know, painting techniques and all of that. I'm really teaching this process of self-discovery and reconnecting um, with what we have lost over time. A lot of women I've met have, um, have lost a, a piece of themselves, you know, whether it's through their long careers, raising a family or whatever, you reach a certain point in life where you take pause and you wonder like, what, what am I really doing? How did I get to this point? What are the things that I really love in life? Um, and this process and, and this practice, um, you know, is a great way to, to help reconnect with those things that really matter. I remember when I did the workshop with you, there was this one point where I think I was overthinking it. I was in my head and you're just like, no, no, no. You just gotta let all that go and just like dive in. And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's like exactly what you were saying. It's like, it can really help us just discover more of ourselves and also like the intention setting. Um, and just like, it's, it's supposed to be fun. Right. And it's supposed to really help us get our get out of our heads and really like let the intuitive process flow through. And I just remember like your work and my work were so different. And like I thought my mine was like a graffiti mismatch. <laughs> and you're like, man, yours is so creative and awesome. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> I remember your painting. It was fabulous. Um, but you're right. I think, you know. A large part of the process for me and what I like to teach is letting go of the beliefs that can hold us back in a lot of ways that don't serve us, you know, and I see this a lot in art making, but this really applies to any sort of creative pursuit. It's this idea that we have to do it perfectly mm -hmm. you know, or it's not good. Um, and there's this thing that that art teaches us, whatever it is, it can reflect back to us the lessons that we really need in our life. Um, and for me, a lot of what you're, what you just mentioned came up for me when I started painting too. It was like, I wanted everything in my painting to be perfect. I couldn't see, you know, I couldn't see how I could just like let go and not care about the outcome of what I was creating because everything else in my life was so controlled and 
you know, I felt like needed to be perfect because if I wasn't doing everything perfectly, then I wasn't going to be received well, or mm -hmm. I wasn't going to be good enough. Um, you know, whether that was in my personal life or my, my job uh, that shows up a lot in, um, in my job, you know, and I still struggle with that. It's not something that just like magically goes away, but this process helps me release that, that, um, that fear of not doing it right. And just letting go and playing and having fun, you know? I mean, when was the last time that you put your fingers in paint and smushed it around on a surface, you know? Remember like when you were in grade school and you did finger painting. And um, for me, that was like, I, I have a very fond memory of doing that when I was um, like in first grade. Mm -hmm. and, and then life just got crazy. And for me, I went through a lot of hearts, hardship in my childhood. And I kind of lost that feeling of playfulness, um, you know, and I really never felt safe just being myself and being able to play. And it was when I got back into painting that I realized there's real joy to be found here. Like you can just let go. Nobody has to see what you're doing if you don't want them to. Um, there's nothing that you have to like create necessarily if you don't have an intention in mind for what you want to make, that's totally fine. You don't have to have, you don't have to create like a perfect image of something. You can literally just put colors on a canvas and smush it around with your fingers and you will find something in there to love, you know? Um, and then the more you do it, the more it compounds on itself and the more joy it brings for me. And I've seen this for others too just the more joy it brings. Um, and I have some ideas of why that happens, but you know, everyone's different and it's really a process of experimentation and, and all that, but, but yeah, the letting go is, it can be difficult, but the more you do it with this practice, the easier it gets. And, um, I think the more rewarding it becomes. Yeah. I mean, I've shared in like past episodes around like perfectionism and how it's like, especially as adults, right? It's like, well, if I'm not going to do it right the first time, why bother doing it? It's like, if I'm not going to be good at it. And it's like that mentality of like the whole perfectionism, which um, I've shared in like in past interviews with other guests and even like just in my own solo recordings around like, there's a lot of like uh, what conditioning around perfectionism and having it a form of like control, right? If it's like, if we're not, good if we're not doing it right the first time then we're not good enough which is total bs um so i just love that you're using paint as because it is meant to be creative it's meant to be fun um i mean it's we're alchemizing something right we're creating something basically just from a few raw materials uh and so i just love that it's helped you and how you're like how, what you were saying around, like, you don't really know what it is about it, but it helps other people as well. And I think it's because it, it hits this inner child part of us, right? Where it's like, there's just something about it. I love what you said around like finger painting and just like making a mess. Um, and it's interesting because when you said finger painting, I remember when I was in summer camp, it was day camp, but one of the counselors, uh, she, she went to this artistic high school. And uh, she wanted us to do foot painting, like dip our feet in paint and smear it around the blank canvas. Um, and I was kind of both intimidated and scared, but also excited at the possibility of it. 
And I think enough students were kind of whining about it that we ended up not. But now that you were saying that, I was like, wow, like that was probably when I was in fourth grade. So even by fourth grade, it was kind of conditioned out of us of like, why would we do something like this? Like, you know, but if it was in kindergarten, like, yeah, let's just strip naked and roll ourselves. <laughs> in bed, you know what I mean? Well, I think even by that point, we're conditioned, you know, we try to be clean, like not, you know, dirt on you or, you know, I mean, I remember one time recently I went to the dentist and I had been painting in the morning. My hands were covered. My fingers were like covered in paint and I couldn't get the paint off before I left the house. You know, I was rushing around and I said, okay, I just, you know, they're going to judge me. I know they're just going to, you know, they're going to judge me. And I get there, I'm sitting in the chair and they noticed the paint on my fingers and they said, are you an artist? Mm. Said, yeah, I, you know, I paint, I love to paint. And they said, that is so cool. You know, and the, the rest of the discussion, the entire time I was there was about painting and how one of the women in the office had been wanting to paint, mm. hadn't done it because of all the things that you're saying, you know, and she was afraid she wasn't going to be able to do it right. And, and all this. And um, I just thought it was so interesting that here I had this fear of like, my hands are dirty and now I'm going to be judged to having the opposite experience when I actually sat down in the chair and they, you know, started, I started having my teeth cleaned or whatever. Um, but yeah, that conditioning starts really early um, and can have a profound impact on us and can actually prevent us from doing and finding the things that we love in life, you know? And that happened for me for many, many years. I didn't really even know what brought me joy in the world. Mm. Um, and I went through a really dark period and I kind of, kind of the way that I think about painting is through this process, it's allowed me to see light again and beauty um, in the world. And I see that just sometimes just in the paint colors that I choose. Sometimes I see it in the final product that I've created. Um, but oftentimes I'm just putting lines or putting marks on a canvas and that does the trick, you know, it's like, there are also certain colors when they're next to each other. I truly believe they cause a chemical reaction in the brain mm. um, and it can raise your, your mood. It can elevate your, your overall like well-being. It just makes you happier. There are times I'm painting and I'm just smiling because I'm looking at the colors and they look so beautiful together, you know? So it doesn't always have to be about creating like a finished product or whatever. It's just the process of it. Um, and I love what you were saying about finding um, something that you are, you know, that you can be good at, like right out of the gate. There's a famous quote. And if you have any artist listeners out there, you've probably heard this quote by Ira Glass. I don't have the quote, but I'm just going to um, explain kind of the meaning behind it, which is, um, so Ira Glass is a radio personality, I believe, and he's a producer and, and I'm sure lots of other things, but he talks at one point about, um, this gap that people have when they start a creative pursuit. And I think, I believe he was specifically talking about writing, um, in this, in this quote, but it applies to any creative pursuit, which is that as the person who's doing the creating, you have an idea of something that you want to create when you're first starting out. You know, you see other artists work that you really admire and you want to paint just like them, or you want to create the ceramic thing just like them, or you want to write the book just like them or whatever. Um, but your skill level 
doesn't quite match yet. You know, you're, you're a beginner. You've got to learn, you've got to learn the trade of what it is that you're doing in order to get to the point where you're painting like the person that you admire or, um, you know, maybe not painting like them, but producing quality work like they're able to produce or making the ceramic bowl or whatever it is that you're, you know, you're wanting to do. But there's a gap and that gap between your skill set and the and your taste, the thing that you're wanting to, to create can be very wide in the beginning. And it just takes time and practice, you know, doing something, committing to it, whether it's painting or anything else that you pursue in your life. If you're starting something new, be kind to yourself, give yourself time and space to learn, to evolve, to grow, um, because it is going to take time. You know, I've been painting for years and I still, like I said at the beginning, I still consider myself a beginner. Um, it may take another 20 years before I ever feel like I produce any decent work. It may take the rest of my life. The, the beauty of it is the process. It's the, it's the doing, it's the going through the trials and errors. It's experiencing the joy that comes from like you know, one day suddenly you make a mark and you really love it. And it's like, you know, like, like I, you know, you experience joy in that moment and then you want to keep going and you want to keep doing the next thing. But if we just give up in the beginning, because we can't make the thing that we saw somebody else making, that's beautiful. You know, that person's been painting for 20 years and suddenly like, you think you're going to paint like them when you're just starting out, you know, if you just give up, then you'll never know. Um, and you'll never be able to have that experience. So for anyone who's listening, that's starting something new or wants to start something new, this is just, you know, to, to just offer some encouragement to stick with it. Don't give up, keep going. Great things will happen if you just are consistent and stay with it. One of the things, like when you were saying that gap, it's like, even like in the process of even trying to narrow that gap, like you're going to find your own rhythm and you're going to find your own creative spin. That's like at the end of the day, it's like, well, I got my own style and flavor now. It's not going to look like that other person I was trying to, but I got my own genius that came out of it. And we won't know until we stick with it. As long as there's like that, it's like getting over that, uh, whatever, like that awkward, like, I think it's like, I don't know. I'm just going to be binary about it. I don't know, but I think it's more of a woman thing versus a men thing. I think because we women have been so taught and conditioned to have to be perfect, like dress nicely, sit nicely, blah, 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 all that. When like, I remember like years ago, um, in a relationship, we were playing beach volleyball and, um, now my ex, he overhand serving for beach volleyball, like not so great at it. Right. And you know, whenever, whenever you can't make the ball over the net, I think I forget how it works. Like you lose a point or like the ball goes over to the other team, but he was so persistent with his really bad overhand serves. And I was getting a little bit embarrassed because I'm like, Oh my God, we're going to lose again. And he was just so awful, but he didn't care. He just kept trying. Like every time he got the chance to serve, he would try the overhand serve and I'm like, Oh God. And then finally, towards the end of the game, he finally got it. Like he finally was like able to get it over the net once or twice. And like the whole time when he was bad at it, there was no shame. Like he felt no shame. He was just like, okay, let's do this again. And I was like, actually in awe. 
of just like his personal like courage and audacity to like not even like like kind of squirt back and it's like this is what we all need to have that courage of being bad at something publicly even um but you know with art you don't have to be public about it <laughs> you can just do it in your own home um and it's like releasing that judgment because over time the skill is going to come so i love what you said it's like i think we need to hear that more and more so that it's like oh it's it's okay to to fumble towards ecstasy right that's uh, sarah mclaughlin's album <laughs> yeah yeah and it's so true and interesting and I think you're right. There's a huge difference for the most part. I mean, I don't want to generalize too much, right, you know, but, right. but I do think that there is a difference between how women and men handle, handle this. In fact, I was just having a conversation with my husband about imposter syndrome. He had no idea what, it, he doesn't know what it is because he's never experienced it, which is a fabulous thing. I mean, you know, what would life be like if we didn't have to experience imposter syndrome? Um, and it's not that we have to experience it. I think just by nature and, you know, like you said, through a lot of conditioning and stuff, oftentimes we do. Um, and how do we overcome that? You know, and I think to a large degree for me in my, in my own experience, the way I have overcome that in large areas of my life is by finding something that I love to do doing it consistently and, you know, allowing the, the failures to happen. I don't really think there are any true failures, especially mm -hmm. in painting. I mean, anything can be painted over, you know, but, um, but, you know, allowing for, for trial and error and experimentation and, and all the things that come with that. And over time you begin to build a little bit of confidence and then you build more confidence. And, and if you, get so into what you're doing that you love it, you know, and it's the thing that just brings you joy. You know, none of the rest matters. It doesn't matter if you're not necessarily excellent at it. You know, it's more of just the process of doing it that um, really is what brings the true reward, in my opinion. Like, you know, you may never ever sell your artwork. The goal here isn't to sell your artwork. The goal is really to to just explore and play and have fun. Yeah. Um, and give yourself that that space that you need to mess up every now and then. And I have so many paintings, I mean, like hundreds, <laughs> I have hundreds of paintings that I'll probably never show anyone, you know, because I'm just, you know, they're, they're my own ex exploration and I got what I needed out of them. And I don't feel the need to like, you know, share them out there. And I have a lot that I do share just because I want people to know that you don't have to be perfect at it. Don't wait until you're perfect to show your stuff. You know, you'll never show your stuff if you do. Yeah. And it's like, then it's like, I think the fun part is seeing the journey. Like that's like for people who are, you know, observing, it's like, oh, wow. Like it's so fun to see how someone's progressed and learned and like how their style changed. And you can almost see like, like them finding themselves in the process because there's a certain level of refinement um, that I love watching. Like sometimes I'll, there'll be the TikTok or a reel where it's like someone's art journey and they show it. I'm like, whoa, that is so cool. You know, but it took like 15, 20 years. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I read something um, recently about 
Vincent van Gogh and his brother Theo. And, you know, Theo van Gogh, for anyone who doesn't know, was an art dealer. And um, he tried to promote Vincent van Gogh's work, um, his brother, and tried to sell his art. And, you know, I think he only sold one painting um, in Vincent van Gogh's lifetime. Pretty incredible to think about now, right? His paintings right. go millions and millions <laughs> of dollars. But but back then, you know, Vincent was, he was still learning and honing his craft. And there was a line in, in one of the stories that I read where Theo says to Vincent, um, you know, he's looking at some of his newer, newer pieces of art. And he says, you know, basically, like, I'm so proud of you. Look at how far you've come in eight years. And I was thinking, you know, that just stuck with me because I was thinking, eight years, that's a long time. You know, if you're starting something new and you want to be good at it, really, you, you're going to have to wait eight years before you get good at it. I mean, and this is just one example in one person's journey, of course, but, um, but it also really struck me because if you think about how quickly the last eight years of your life have gone by, it's like it goes by in a flash. And so if you are really wanting to start something, I would say, don't wait, start it now. Yeah. And keep going, you know, do it consistently and give it your all and, and just keep at it. You know, even small steps can make a big difference and add up over time. Um, and in eight years, who knows what you're going to be doing? You know, you could be selling your work in galleries or selling your work to, you know, a few collectors who really love it and cherish it. And, um, or you could just be doing it as a hobby that now you have a lot of confidence in and that you love doing. And um, so, you know, there's all kinds of things, but yeah, I really love that of like, it just, it takes time and practice. And Yeah, I, um, years ago when I, I took pottery, like I just like, I was like, ooh, pottery, I've always wanted to do it. And um, I think I, I stopped, not, I stopped because I was like, for me, I only care about the process. I really don't, I don't need that many cups. I don't need that many mugs. <laughs> and sometimes like these bowls, I'm like, they're kind of ugly. Like I, you know, I just want to do it for the process and just to work with my hands. So I was like, oh, you know what? I should totally sign up again because uh, I don't have to take those things home with me. <laughs> like, you know, like it's like some, I think like at the school I was doing it at, they had like a, a December auction. Um, you can auction some off. And what I loved about that was I had students in my class who were new at it and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to, I'm going to try to sell it. And they would like price it. I'm like, this is like, it's just so sweet. Cause it's like, you know, granted we're all beginners at this and like next to all the fancy ones and people have been doing it for years. And it's like, but it's like, oh my God, I love that you put a price on it. And like, you're going to put it out there. I just like, that's amazing. You know, I just love the time and energy. It's part of you, right? It's going into this thing. I remember, I mean, that you say that it's so funny. I remember once I was walking through West Seattle and it was on California Avenue, you know, where the main shops are and everything. And um, it was like, I think, was it an art fair? Might've been yeah, an art fair or something. And there was a table outside of one of the stores that just, it had pottery on it that students had made, you know, and it was all kind of wonky and funky and, um, you know, definitely not like professional quality or anything, but I fell in love with a couple of pieces and I bought them and I, I still have them, you know, yeah. they're, I use them all the time. And, 
Um, but to me, what they represent is somebody, it's, it's somebody's creativity at work, right? Mm-hmm. You know, somebody put the time and energy into making that. And um, who knows where those people are now or what they're doing now. But I just, I love that energetic connection um, to, to the creative process. And so every time I see those, those items, you know, I just, it, it takes me back there. It reminds me of it, but it also reminds me to never like stop trying new things, mm-hmm. you know, um, to just experiment and have fun. And it's okay if it doesn't come out perfectly. I mean, we don't want it to come out perfectly. I mean, perfect is boring, right? Go to like Costco, I don't know, buy like a bowl. <laughs> right. I mean, help. Yeah. Create a barrel if you want perfect. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I like in terms of like looking at um, painting and art as self-care and healing, I remember um, I don't know what, I forget the organization, but it was relating to artwork and healing. And I think that is such a beautiful connection because like, I like just, I've actually not ever ever done like anger art, but I can see how cathartic and satisfying it would be to take some paint and just like splash it on like a canvas when someone's pissed off and needs to work through something or just taking paint with the hands and just scratch it across. Like I can see how cathartic that can be. And maybe even like paint all over the body, you know, like, yeah. I have a friend, an artist friend, met at Camp Soldest. Do I know? (laughs) It's okay if you want. (laughs) Nikki Todd. I don't think I know her. Well, she's an amazing artist and, um, she does body painting now oh, I mean, really? for many years. Yes. But she does that. And, you know, it's, it's a process for her and she found her thing. She, and she totally loves it. And her paintings are beautiful. Um, I mean, you're not necessarily going to know when you look at one of her paintings that this is the, the process that she used. You wouldn't necessarily know that unless you, you spoke with her because her paintings aren't of like the figure or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, it's part of her painting process to paint her body, lay down some canvas on the, the floor or paper, whatever uh, substrate she's using and just do what, what she does, you know, she puts her body on the, on the, on the surface and it's incredible. Um, there's so many different things that you can do with painting, you know, um, I think like oftentimes when we think about painting artwork, it's like, oh, I'm not artistic, right? Like there's that label, I'm not artistic and therefore blank, I shouldn't do it. Yes. Um, so I love how for you, even in the beginning, you were like, you're, when you say you're an art teacher, it's not like from a te- technical perspective. Because I, whenever I think like, yeah, technical, then it's like I'm going through some type of art academy, you yes. know, where I'm getting a degree, which is very different than just like doing it for, the fun of it or just like through a healing aspect um yes and I did you know I started drawing when I was in my 20s for any of your art listeners out there there's a great book called drawing on the right side of the brain by Betty Edwards and I bought that book one day I just knew you know I was working in technology and I felt like something was just missing from my life I didn't I really didn't know what it was but I thought you know what I'm going to try this drawing thing so I bought that book I taught myself how to draw basically from that book. I mean, it's fabulous to walk you through that whole process. And then I started getting into doing really detailed work. 
um, and representational work. And then I decided the next step is to take classes at the local art academy. And at the time it was called the Seattle Academy of Fine Art. And I took a lot of courses there. I took still life uh, drawing, you know, um, representational drawing. So still lifes, figure and portraits. And I did a lot of that work. Um, and I loved it at the time, but, you know, life happened, things got busy, I kind of got away from it. And it was after going through a really difficult time in my life, when I picked up a paintbrush, I decided, you know, I wanted to get back into creativity, I knew I didn't want to do that detailed work again, mm. you know, because like you said, it's very, yeah, it's, it's technical, disciplined. Yeah. And I needed a way to express myself, um, to, to process what was happening in my life through a creative outlet. And so, you know, being very tight and detailed with my work was, I knew was not going to do the job. Um, and so I started painting, playing with paints and had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I had never taken a painting class before I, you know, I first bought oil paints that was wrong. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> You know, I knew that wasn't going to be right after I bought them. I'm like, why did I do this? And it was at a time where there wasn't really a lot of information online. Like I had to buy books back in the day when we actually bought books, you know? And um, yeah. And um, so I slowly, I got into acrylics and, and learned that whole process. But what I really loved about it and what resonated and what you're speaking to is just this idea of letting go and, mm. you know, using your body, it can be very physical you, to use your body that way, um, scratched into things to smush paint around and all of that. Um, and it's, I've also found that it can be really helpful to, you know, as a way of processing grief. Mm. And I've experienced a lot of grief in my life over the years. And um, since I started painting, it's the one thing that I, I go back to that I find very helpful. Um, you know, when I'm painting, a lot of emotions tend to come up. Sometimes it's happiness. Sometimes it's sadness. Sometimes I'm crying. Sometimes I'm dancing around, you know, and I use it to process the bad stuff in my life. And I also use it as a way of processing and celebrating the good, the good things, um, because there are certainly a lot of those too. And so, um, yeah, it's just, I feel like there's something for everyone in it. And um, it can be very, very helpful as a way of processing all kinds of stuff in your life. Mm, I love that. So in terms of um, how you work, how do you, do you, are you virtual? Like how do you offer your workshops and um, yeah, how do you deliver it so people can work with you? So right now I am just accepting, you know, by request. So if somebody is interested in having a workshop, I'd love to teach individuals. I also love to teach um, groups of people. The largest workshop I've taught virtually had a hundred people in it. Oh my God, that's amazing. And it was so much fun, you know, and you were talking earlier about kind of like how our paintings, when we did our workshop together, they both came out totally different. It's so interesting to me how you can give the same set of instructions to a group of people and every single one of them will do it differently. You know, it just really speaks to us as individuals and who we are and expressing our true nature. I just loved it. So at the end, you know, this was a virtual workshop at the end, everyone held up their paintings and they were all different and just so fabulous. Um, it was, yeah, it was lovely. But anyway, so 
to get back to the question, reach out to me, email me. I'm on Instagram. I'm, you know, I'm on social media. Instagram tends to be the thing I lead, lean toward the most. Um, and my email account is linked on there through, uh, through the link. Yeah. The I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're interested in starting painting and don't know where to begin, um, I offer one-on-one workshops. I offer group workshops. Maybe you have a, a friend or something that you want to spend some creative time with, and you don't really know what to do. This is a fabulous way to do it. My workshops are two and a half hours. And like Michelle mentioned before, we go through the whole process of painting mandalas, um, you know, expressing gratitude, setting intentions, and releasing some of that stuff that just doesn't serve us, that holds us back in life. Um, those limiting, limiting beliefs and, and, you know, that need to be perfect and all of that. Um, and they are just really fun and playful. So, and I think this would be good for morale for like at a workplace. Absolutely. If it's virtual, you know, it'll be fun to do. Yeah. So I'm not doing any in-person stuff right now, although I wouldn't rule that out. I think, you know, things are manageable now with what's happening in the world that in-person wouldn't be totally out of the question, but I'm really comfortable doing online workshops. Yeah, I think it's online. It's like you have your own space. You could do it. Um, I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Yay. (laughs) Everybody sign up. (laughs) Something that you're interested in because it's really, truly something that I'm passionate about and that I want to help people explore further who have no idea how to get started. I make it very simple, super easy to do. Yeah. It's a lot of free. Yeah. I totally second that there's like, even if you've never touched a paintbrush before, like Michelle is so non-judgmental and super encouraging and yeah, it's like, you're very welcoming. So it's for everybody for sure. Thank you for saying that. And I will just add, I teach people who have never taught, uh, picked up a paintbrush before. And I've also taught people who have degrees, um, who have art degrees from a university. I taught a woman who is at, well, at the time was 70 years old, had never painted in her life, not even in school because she lived in a rural, rural, I always have trouble saying that word area where art wasn't a thing. It wasn't taught in school. And so even in her school days, she had never painted. Um, and when we sat down to start the workshop, she was shaking, literally shaking because she was fearful. Like she, she wanted to do this, but then at the same time, she had that fear of, she was going to mess up. It wasn't going to come out right. She was going to be judged by the other people who were there. And within about, I would say 10 to 15 minutes, I saw her entire body relax. You could tell the muscles just like relaxed. She started to smile and laugh by the end you know, she was just laughing. She was dancing to the music. Amazing. I mean, it was like the transformation within just that couple of hours was fabulous. And I mean, was her painting like perfect? No, again, we don't want that, you know, but it was, it was so funky and something she never thought she could do. Mm. Um, And she told me later that she has it hanging in her living room now. And it's just, you know, a reminder of her to her of what, what is possible because we limit ourselves, right. And we think we can't do something and yeah. 
all of that. And, um, it's also like almost like a stamp in time, like this, this, this journey, like that painting, it represents like a moment in time in a way of like, whatever, like the person, what they're going through and there's a story behind it. So I just love, like, I love that you offer this um, and that she was able to experience that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I take, I take a lot of painting workshops and things because, you know, one of the things I'm always trying to do too is improve my own skills. You know, I, I really love progressing in that way and, and sharing my journey and, and all of that. Um, and so I take workshops and, and I'm involved in a lot of art communities. Um, and it's just so much fun to see the range of people who are involved in these groups and um, not long ago, I think it was about a month ago or something, there was a woman in one of the groups. She said she was 80, in her 80s. I can't remember her exact age, but it was like her mid 80s. And she was painting for the first time. Oh, yay. And I just thought, I mean, I just brought such a smile to my face. You know, I was like, yes, you go, girl. Like, <laughs> you know, and she, and she wants to start an art career. You know, she wants to do this and make money at it. And I mean, I don't know if she really wants to like make money, but she wants to sell her art because this is a part of her that she's putting out into the world. Mm -hmm. and this is, you know, who she is. And she wants to kind of, to put that creative aspect of herself out there. And I just thought, this is such fabulous inspiration, you know? I mean, never stop learning. It just teaches me, never stop learning, never give up. You're never too old to start anything, um, you know? And the, the possibilities are endless. Possibilities are endless. Um, so yeah, that's just my message. If you're out there listening and you are thinking, well, I'm too old for whatever it is that I want to do. You're not. Okay. Okay. Fine. Maybe there are, if you want to be a, an Olympic athlete, <laughs> maybe, you know, if you're in your seventies, it may be a little too late for that. Like there are some exceptions, I think, but for the most part, if you're doing something creative, there's space for you. I love it. Thank you so much, Michelle. I adore you and I'm so happy that you're able to do this. Thank you for having me. Thank you My for And for everyone listening, please tag us on the socials. Uh, IG stories is best so we can always reshare and um, go and follow Michelle because you're going to love her artwork. All right, everybody. See you next time. Bye. To help you feel more supported and nourished in your body and nervous system, you're invited to download the free I Am Supported meditation in the show notes. May you feel grounded in who you are as you become the fullest expression of yourself. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Emergence podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you in advance for sharing with those who can benefit. Until next time.